Amen. You may be seated. Just want to take a look at these, at these verses this morning. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I would ask you to be taking, if you will, a spiritual inventory of your life this morning as we talk about the things that are in this passage. If you're here this morning and you're not sure whether you're saved or not, God's got you here today because He wants you to make sure. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us that now is the appointed time, that now is the hour. None of us are here, as you hear me say so many times, none of us are here this morning by fate, by chance, by luck, by accident. None of that stuff really exists. Everybody here this morning is here because we had a divine appointment with God. And I'll be honest with you, I almost I told Tammy this morning I did not I did not feel well at all and 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 I I was going to call brother Rick to come preach this morning. But God has a divine appointment for all of us and even in this passage he's got a divine appointment with me because there's things in here that I need to see and I need to remember and I need to take to heart and I need to think about each and every day. First of all, we read here that he is a man despised and rejected by men. Notice here, it, it, it didn't say he was, a man, he was a man despised. The verb despised and rejected are both past tense, but that, I believe you called it, if I remember correctly, an adverb. You know, what, that's an ongoing thing. And what that tries to tell us is that, you know what, not only did people despise Jesus back in the day, but people despise Him today. There are people this very day that despise Jesus Christ. All you have to do is pick up the paper, turn, uh, turn on the news, look at what our government's doing, look at what our schools are doing, look at what some of these atheist groups are doing. Jesus Christ is still despised today. And if you will notice that the world doesn't have problems with religion, the, the, the news media, and, and this never ceases to amaze me, the news media that's constantly speaking of tolerance and, and, and understanding and hey, can't we all just get along? They despise Christ and they're ready to accept the very ones who they would be the first people they'd kill if they ever took control. And, and I'm talking about the religion of Islam. The, the, the very ones they're telling us, oh, we, we've become Islamophobic or, or you know, uh, Islam is a peaceful religion. The very, the very things that the media stands for today, if the folks ever got control that they're siding with, if you will, they'd be the first ones they'd line up and shoot or they'd line up and behead. That just tells you how much Jesus Christ is still despised today. That people would ally themselves with somebody who, who would just as soon slit their throat. And, and it's not just religion like that. It's anybody that rejects Jesus Christ. Look at the atheist movements today. You know, what we, we've had crosses in national parks for years after year after year. And it's never bothered anybody. And, and now all of a sudden, oh, well, it's causing me, it's causing me heartache. It's causing me, you know, illness. You know, you know you've probably seen up in New York where there's a group trying to get that if you remember, after 9-11, there was that cross 
that they found in the rubble. There are a group of people that have actually got a lawsuit going on saying that just to see that cross causes them physical illness. It's because people despise Jesus today. People that don't know him despise him. But you know what? The sad part of it is we who say we know him today there's lots of times we despise him. Well, pastor, how can you say that I despise Jesus? I said the prayer, I walked the aisle, and he really, it wasn't, it wasn't like you said, I, did, I didn't just do those things as, as a form of religion or a form of ritual. Jesus actually came into my life and he changed my heart. I understand that, but you know what? Every time we sin, it's the same thing as despising Jesus Christ. Because every time we sin, we say, I don't care, Jesus, who you are. Jesus, I don't care what you did. Jesus, I don't care right now at this point that you went to the cross to die for me because I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to do it. And I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I'm going to do it as long as I want to do it. And you know what? That's just tough if you don't like it. We despise the very one who saved us. And folks, I'll stand at the front of the line and say that I do it too. But why do we do it? When we know everything this book says, when we know what he expects out of us, not, not for, for legalism, but out of love. We, we set our, our children up with rules and regulations, not because we want to be mean to them, but because we love them and we want what's best for them. We want them to be happy and healthy and all these other things. And you know what? Everything God's got in this book has been done for the same reason. I believe in Psalm 119 it says something to the fact, to the fact that your precepts aren't burdensome. Your precepts, your laws aren't meant to hurt us. So why is it that so many times in our lives we still choose to despise Christ by sinning. For some of us it could be, excuse me, for some of us it could be a one-time sin, it could be an occasional sin, or it could be a sin you're continuing on and you, and you might be saying to yourself, well preacher, evidently there must, down deep inside there really must not be anything wrong with it because Jesus hasn't done anything, hasn't punished me yet. Jesus hasn't disciplined me yet. Let me tell you something, the discipline will come sooner or later. It's either going to come here, sometime here on this earth where he's going to convict us of our sins or it's going to come one day in heaven where he's going to, we come before him and we say, well, Jesus, I did love you even though I was doing all these things. And he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Because if we claim to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but we continually, habitually, perpetually continue on in the same sins, that we participated in before we came to know Jesus. In some cases, for Christians, we're participating in sins now that we never would have thought of participating in years back. But if we're continuously and habitually committing these sins, how can we say we love Jesus? How can we say we're saved? Because God's Word clearly says that if anyone be in Christ, He's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. We as Christians oftentimes despise Jesus Christ. Going on in verse 3, 
says he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. The Bible tells us that he came unto his own, and his own knew him not. There are people today that know, don't know Jesus, and, and, and they may have every, every intent of coming to know him. But their attitude is, I can't do it right now because I'm too busy. Or I can't do it right now. Because I've got some things I've got to get out of my life and I've got to clean it up for my act up first and then come to God. Let me tell you something this morning. There's no way we can ever clean ourselves up enough to deserve coming to God, to deserve God's grace, to deserve, to deserve God's mercy, to deserve God's forgiveness, to deserve God's salvation. Jesus tells us to come as we are. The woman at the well, if you remember the story of the woman at the well, she was married, what, I think the seven guys, and, and the, the, the eighth guy she was with, she was living with, and, and wasn't even married to him. She didn't tell Jesus, Lord, let me go clean my act up first, and then I'll come to you. In fact, Jesus really, if you read the passage, I didn't give her that option. He told her who he was. She believed in him, and he said, go and sin no more. But there are people today who, who, who have every intention on coming to him, but they're too busy. They're too carefree. Pastor, I'm having, a, I'm having a good time right now. I'm sowing my wild oats. I'm going to sow my wild oats, and then I'm going get, to get right with Jesus. You know what? That's not biblical. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says that. As a matter of fact, the one, the one passage in the Bible where maybe it alludes to it, look at what he had to go through, the prodigal son. Look at everything that man had to go through. He hit the bottom of the barrel. He, hit the, he, was, he, he was so down and out, he was thinking about eating pig slop. We don't need to go through all these things and say, I'm going to get all my wild oats sowed, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. There are other folks that are, are outside of Christ that don't know Christ because they're too religious. They put all of their hope, all of their, their faith in a philosophy, in a religion, in a denomination, in, in a rit, in, in ritual. Well, this is, what you, this is what we're supposed to do, so we do it. If you're truly a Christian, you're supposed to come to church every Sunday. If you're truly a Christian, you're supposed to have devotions at home by yourself. If you're truly a Christian, you're supposed to pray every day. Folks, do you realize we can do all those things and still not be a Christian? You've heard me said so many times, coming to church makes you a Christian just as much as sitting in a car, sitting in a garage makes you a Cadillac. It doesn't work like that. But some folks are too religious. We, we put our faith in a sit down here, stand up there, in, in a bunch of beads or in a bunch of chants or in a bunch of mantras or even in men or even in denomination because you know what? Southern Baptists are really quick sometimes to criticize the Catholic Church, but there's a lot of religion, and there's a lot of pomp, and there's a lot of circumstance, and there's a lot of, of ritual in Baptist churches today. And there's a lot of folks that have put their faith in that. There's a lot of folks today that have put their faith in, well, my mom and daddy were Christians, so that must mean I am too. Well, I said a prayer, walked an aisle at Vacation Bible School. I've not had anything to do with Jesus since then, but... I must be a Christian while well, I beg to differ this morning. 
these type of folks, they hid themselves from him. They're hiding themselves from him. There are even folks today, again, way out there that are hiding themselves from Christ because they don't want to believe him. They want to believe that there is no God, that, that, that we, we, we live, we die, and we turn into worm food, and that's it. Life's over with. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. That old bumper sticker many of you probably saw years ago. He who dies with the most toys wins. No, he who dies with the most toys dies. Because guess what? We don't take them with us. There are folks hiding themselves from Christ like that. But again, turning it around to us who know Jesus, every time we sin, we're hiding our face from Jesus. Whenever we sin, that little bit of conviction or maybe that lot of conviction you feel in your heart. You know why you feel that in your heart? Why we feel that in our hearts? Because we're hiding ourselves from Christ thinking we're going to get away with our sins. The Bible tells us that our sins will find us out. <clears throat> Going on in verse 3, it says, We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. You know, that word despised means so much more than dislike. It's not a matter of we can say, well, I don't have any feelings towards Christ one way or the other. I don't like him. I don't dislike him. The Bible says we despise him. And the Bible also tells us that as long <clears throat> excuse me, as we're living outside of Christ, we're at enmity. We're at war with God. That we're deserving of God's judgment. We're deserving of God's wrath. We're deserving of God's sending us to hell, although he doesn't send us. We send ourselves by rejecting Jesus. Although we deserve all that. It's because we despise him when we're outside of him. That word despise means hated unto death. And that's what was going on back in the day there as Jesus walked the earth in Jerusalem. The religious leaders knew exactly who Jesus was. By the end of his ministry, they knew who he was. There, there were, they probably could stand there and say, we, we see you've got knowledge no other man has done. We've seen the miracles. We've seen the blind come to see. We've seen the lame come to walk. We saw you raise Lazarus from the dead. We know you're the truth, the way, and the life, but we don't want you. We're going to kill you and we're going to find our own way to get to heaven because we like our sin. We like living the way that we're living. And Jesus, you can't tell me that there's not some other way we can get there other than you. And that's what we say too, whether we realize it or not. When we reject Christ, when we're living outside of him. And turning it back to us that are Christians, you know what? That's also what we're saying when we live in sin, when we continually practice our sin. For those of us that, that know Him, we're not only hiding from Him, but we're despising Him. We're despising what He went through for, for us. It says He was despised and we did not esteem Him. That word means that they didn't acknowledge or give the proper respect to Him that He was due. And we see that. No sense in talking about those that walked during the days that Jesus walked, that crucified him. No sense in talking about the outside world because we already know they don't give Jesus the respect, the recognition, the honor, the glory that he deserves. But folks, I'm talking to the family of God here this morning. 
whenever we sin, whenever we practice sin, we're not giving God the proper respect. We're not giving God the esteem. We're not giving God the obedience. We're not giving God the, 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 the praise, the honor, and the glory that he deserves as who he is. You see, my Bible tells me, I don't know about y'all, but my Bible tells me that he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. That he is the author of all creation. And that we don't take a breath save by his grace and his mercy in allowing us to breathe. We despise him. We don't esteem him when we're living in sin. And when I say living in sin, I, I just mean one sin just as much. Just as much as somebody that's habitually and continually doing something. But, but we read here. Again, we despise Him now. People despise Him now. Just wasn't back in the day. When we're in sin or outside of Christ, we, we hid ourselves from Him. We hide ourselves from Him. We, don't, we despise Him when we sin. We don't esteem Him when we sin. We've got all these things going against us where God very easily, you know what, could, could kill us all right this or destroy the earth with, with, with just, a, just a thought. He could sentence us to an eternity in hell that we deserve, but yet, but yet, look at this. In verse 4 it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he has borne our griefs. You know what that's telling me right there? And you're going to hear it again, Christ has taken the sin of the world off of us and put it on himself. Christ has taken our problems, if you will, to put it in CR parlance, our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. He's taken them all, our griefs, our trials, our problems, our tribulations, he's taken them all on himself. He carried our sorrows. What's hurting you today? What is bringing sorrow into your life? What is, what is holding you back, if you will, from being all that you can be for Jesus? Because I just got this thing eating away inside of me, and, and it just it depresses me. It, 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 I just don't know what to do. I'm just carrying it. it it's beyond words. It's beyond grieving for somebody that has passed away. It's, it's just something I can't, I, I, I can't explain. Folks, Jesus wants to take that on ourselves. That's what it's talking about when, when, when it says that he carried our sorrows. God wants to do those things in our lives today. He wants to take the pain that we should suffer on judgment day. He wants to take it away from you. And the only way that he can take it from you is if, or take it from us, is if we turn from our old life, if we turn from our sinful ways, and we turn to Jesus Christ. He not only wants to take your sins away, He wants to take the sorrows away from you. And I'm not saying that He'll, he'll, he'll you know, snap His fingers and we'll be out of the problems, but what I am telling you is that as, as, we, as we deal with these testings and trials and tribulations, Jesus is willing to take the burden on Himself and walk with us through the fire. There's nowhere in the Bible that says when you come to Christ, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, life's going to be a rose garden. 
There's nowhere in the Bible that says once you come to Christ, all of a sudden you're living on easy street, and hey man, things are going to be great the rest of the the rest of my life, not going to have any problems, not going to have any testings, trials, or tribulations. And then when it's all over with, when my, when my great life here is over with, then I'm going, to, I'm going to get to go to heaven. That's not what it means. But the scripture tells us that, that Jesus, he might not carry us out of our trials and tribulations, but he will carry us through our trials and tribulations. He'll be there with us every day every step of the way so he's willing to do that for us he's borne our sorrows and he's I'm sorry he's borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows but look at what the world look at what we do to him yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted stricken means to beat when I hear the word stricken, I don't know if some of you guys remember years ago, I don't know if it was the Philippines or, or whatever, there was a big national, a big international to-do because there was an American teenager that did something in, in, uh, in, in a foreign country, I think it was over there in the east somewhere, and it was it Singapore, and they caned him. That's what I think of when I hear stricken. And folks, let me tell you what, I've never experienced it, but I don't believe it's very pleasant, but... Jesus wants to, to bear our griefs. He wants to carry our sorrows. But, but what, do, what do we do outside of him? If we're living apart from Christ, we wanted him stricken. Again, that word esteem, give proper acknowledgement or respect to. We're, we're, we're saying that, that this is what Jesus is due. We're the ones committing the sins. We're the ones going against God's commands. But yet when we're doing these things, we're saying, Jesus, the proper respect, the proper honor that you get is you need to be whipped. I'm not going to take it on myself, though we are. Whenever we sin against Christ, folks, and I'm talking to me here, whenever we sin against Jesus Christ, we crucify him all over again. For people outside of Christ, it's because they just don't care. But the sad thing to say is that for some of us that are in Christ, all of us at one time or another, we're still saying we don't care. Again, Jesus, I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, however long I want to do it, and it's just tough. I'm going to rely on God's grace. Folks, we've got to quit using grace as a crutch. Because that passage in Ephesians, it says, whereby it's by grace you're saved. If you follow up, the next verse after that says that we're saved by grace unto good works. That means living a holy life before God. I'm not saying we're to live a holy, sinless life before God because there's no way we'll ever do it. I've shared with people many, many times, there's never going to be a 24-hour period where you can look back and say, man, I did a great job, I didn't sin today. Because you know what? Even if you made it that far, you just sinned because you got prideful. You got puffed up. Hey, look what I just did. You know. Those of us that claim the name of Christ as we sin, we're seeing him crucified all over again. And in essence, we're saying that, that he deserves 
to be crucified all over again. That word smitten means he was purposefully and willfully, there was purposely, purposefully and willfully done. See, what we need to remember is, is that God, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't like God said, oops, something happened and now I've got to come up with plan B. The Bible tells us that in eternity past, before He spoke the world, before He spoke the universe and the creation, He knew He was going to create the universe. He knew He was going to create, create the, the, the Milky Way galaxy. He knew he, he knew he was going to create our solar system. He knew He was going to create that, that, that world, that planet Earth, three planets from the sun. He, he knew every, He was going to create Adam and Eve. He knew they were going to sin. But He also knew what He was going to do to rectify that sin. And so as God smote, if you will, Jesus, it was done purposefully and it was done willfully by God. It wasn't even a matter of, son, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. It was a matter of, you're taking the sin of the entire world upon yourself. You are the sin of the entire world and you are worthy of punishment. You're worthy of judgment. You're worthy of separation from me. That's why the Bible tells us from I think the 6th to the ninth hour uh, uh, or the ninth to 12th hour, I don't remember, that darkness fell on the, on the face of the earth. Because that was the only time in eternity where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son, and, G and, and God the Father were separated. Because Jesus took the sin of the world on, his, on himself and, and he became sin. And the Bible tells us that a righteous, perfect, holy God cannot look on sin. And as his son hung on that cross and became sin, God had to turn his face. The Bible talks a lot about darkness and light. God being light and sin being darkness. Darkness and light can't cohabitate in the same spot. And that's why it got dark. And you know what? We can say, well, looking back at it, well, it was, it was the Romans and it was Israel that, put him, that, that, that got him killed. No, but the Bible tells me that it was my sin that nailed him to the cross. Forget about Perry's sin. Forget about Kenny's sin. Forget about anybody else's sin. It was my sin that, that nailed him to the cross. It was my transgressions, it was my iniquities, it was my evil, mean, stinking nastiness that nailed him to the cross. And you know what? The same thing is true of all of you guys too. Verse 5 we read, He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. He was wounded for our iniquities. I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Every sin that was ever committed and is ever going to be committed on the face of this earth until Jesus comes back, or I should correct that and say, until we step into eternity, was taken upon him. It says he was bruised for our iniquity. In other words, he was punished for that sin. Every evil thought I've ever had, every lustful thought I've ever had, everywhere I've gone that I shouldn't have gone, everything I've done that I shouldn't have done, everything I've said that I shouldn't have said, everything I've thought that I shouldn't have thought, 
think of any sin that a person could commit, Jesus went to the cross for all of those things. And again, let's make it personal. Every time I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at, every time I said something I shouldn't have said, every time I lived in a lifestyle that I shouldn't be living, he paid for that. He paid for that sin. He took that sin upon him. He was punished for our sin. A lot of us this morning are carrying, if you will, the wounds not only of, of, of sin, our sin, but of sins and hurts people have, have, have affected us by. All of us deal with things like that, but the only way to have peace and the only way to have healing is through what Jesus did. It's through the cross. You would think that just reading those four verses that, that, that we would just be, be running to the altar, that we would be running to God, and if we're not Christians, saying, God, I need you in my life, and if we were Christians, we'd be running saying, God, I, forgive me uh, of sinning against you and, 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 and help me to become the kind of Christian you want me to be, but look at what happens in verse 6. We read, all we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us sins, if I haven't emphasized that enough today. Every one of us sins, every one of us is guilty of sins and according to God's word, it just takes one sin to separate you from God for all eternity. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible tells us while we were still in our sin that Christ died to free us from our sins. Do we realize that when we sin against Him, when we're living, when we're living for ourselves again, Lord, this is the way I want to live. This is the way I want to act. These are the choices I want to make. This is the way I'm going to do my business. This is the way I'm going to work my job. This is the way I'm going to treat my family. We're living for ourselves, and, and, and that's selfishness, and that's sin. And you might think, well, you know what? My sin isn't bothering anybody. You know what? Whether you realize it or not, it does. Might not be sinning you directly. Might, might not affect you directly. Might not affect you right now or affect somebody right now, but what about down the road? might affect our children. The choices we make today are going to affect our kids. Everyone sins. We, we all live selfish lives outside of Christ, but folks, there's no excuse for us living selfish, self-centered lives inside of Christ. Because again, we see right here, <clears throat> the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. God laid all the nastiness, all the vulgarity, all, whatever the, the most awful word 
to describe sin and unholiness and ungodliness was laid on Jesus Christ. That act of love, that act of lust was laid on Him. That pornography that we're looking at was laid on Him. That gossip that we're committing was laid on Him. That, 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 that drug we're putting in our veins was laid on Him. The lifestyle that you're living right now where, where God says that it's wrong for a man and a woman to be living together outside of marriage, that's laid on Him. For somebody who's looking for a different warm body every Friday night, if not every night, that, that sin is laid on Him. The anger, the bitterness, the envy, the jealousy we have towards other people, all of that is laid on Him. And it's like we're crucifying Him all over again every single time we do it. I want to ask you a question this morning. Where do you truly stand with God today? Where do you truly stand with God today? Do you truly know Him as Lord and Savior? And I'm not talking about a fire insurance policy because you know what? God doesn't give fire insurance policies. If you're here today and you're a Christian, are you living your best life for Him right now? Are you living a life that's right and honorable and good and just to give Him glory and honor and praise? Because remember what I said, it's going to affect other people. Our lifestyles, no matter what kind of sin, we, we, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's adultery, whether it's fornication, whether it's gossip, envy, hate, lust, you know what? People see that and they make a judgment on Jesus Christ and they make a judgment on the church by what they see in us. If you're here this morning and you claim to be a, claim to be a born again Christian for Jesus, are you living in a life that's proper and honoring to God? If God were to come right now, Jesus were to come right now, what is in our lives that we would not want Him to see? Men, if Jesus were to come to our homes, would there be stuff on our computers that he wouldn't want us to see? Would there be magazines in our magazine rack he wouldn't want us to see? Would there be DVDs and videos that he wouldn't want us to see? Would there be stuff in your cabinets that you wouldn't want him to see? Would there be a person in your bed that he wouldn't want you to see? Would there be gossip in your life that he wouldn't want you to see? Hate, envy, murder. Would there be selfishness that he wanted you to see? If Jesus were to come right now, and you claim that you're a Christian, if Jesus were to come right now, would you honestly, would I honestly be able to run to him with open arms because we knew we did everything we possibly could to live, to live righteously and holy and honorably before God? And folks, please don't use the excuse, well, Pastor, none of us will, will ever be able to live up to our potential. None of us will ever be able to live up to sinlessness and perfection. You're absolutely right, but that doesn't mean we don't shoot for it because God's Word still says He requires it. How are we living before God? Would we be able to run to Him 
and say, Lord, look at, look at everything that I've done in your name. And Lord, it's all for your honor and it's all for your glory. Or we'd be saying, wait, wait, Lord, I need to go home and I need to get something cleared up. Or I wish I had done more. Lord, I wish I had done more to serve you. I thought I was going to have tomorrow, but tomorrow didn't come. Lord, I was going to get right with you tomorrow, but tomorrow didn't come and you came today and, and I didn't have time to ask for forgiveness and I'm ashamed of myself. And you know what? There's always, always, always that small group of folks, again, that are saying and doing the right things that looks like here, outwardly. There's always that small group that claim Jesus Christ. But a day is going to come when we're going to stand before him. And the Bible says in that day we won't speak a word. And he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. I hear so many people saying, well, if I, if I get the opportunity when I stand before God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain everything to him. I'm going to explain my side of the story. No, you're not. Because the Bible says when we stand before Him, it's for the, it's for the sentencing, if you will. The judgment's already been, been handed down. Either we're saved or we're lost. And there are folks that claim, them, there are going to be folks that claim the name of Jesus Christ. And again, they're going to stand in front of Him. Expecting to get into heaven. I was a good person. I was a religious person. I was a praying person. I was a moral person. I helped little old ladies across the street. I didn't kick my dog when I went home. I did more good things than I did bad things. I, I witnessed for you, Lord. I taught Sunday school. I, I, I sang in the choir. I led the choir. I preached in a church for 25 years. And God's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Where do we stand this morning? Jesus I don't think there's a whole lot of sense in me giving a prolonged invitation this morning if you're here and you're not sure about your salvation let's make it sure if you're here and you know you're not saved let's take care of it today and if you're here today and you're living a life that, that, is, that is sinful before God, for your own good, listen to God's Holy Spirit this morning and give your life to Him. Give your life back to Him, I should say. I'm going to lead in the plan of salvation and then I'm going to ask Rachel if she'll come up and I want her to sing Mercy Tree again. And that's going to be our invitational for this morning. Let me bow your heads and close your eyes, please. If you're here this morning, well, let me ask this. 